Amen, amen. Great is our Lord. Uh, man, we, we take a lot of those things for granted. But as I mentioned earlier, it wasn't you who woke yourself up this morning. Or Isn't it great that you don't have to think about breathing? Breathe in, breathe out. You know, we don't have to do that. It's his breath that he puts into our lungs. And I love the way he's constructed us. And you think about our bodies as we walk around as this, this big gob of goo that just is held together somehow in some way. But God has orchestrated us in a way that uh, we're, we're able to do the things that we need to do, that he sustains us every moment of, of every day, gives us the, the ability to move our bodies and our limbs around without much thoughts for the most part. And some of us have to think a little bit more when we get out of bed in the morning and stuff like that. But by and large, God is doing it for us on our behalf. Man, and what a, a, a honor it is that he loves us in that way. This morning, we're going to start a new sermon series. Uh, you all should have gotten a book. If you didn't, this is our gift to you. Make sure you get a book on your way out. It's called I Am a Church Member by Tom Rainer. Tom Rainer is the, uh, he was the previous uh, CEO of Lifeway. Um, Lifeway Books is like the Southern Baptist uh, book publisher. Um, so this is, he writes a lot of books uh, for the church. He does a lot of statistics about what it looks like for uh, churches to be healthy, gives resources for how we, you know, look at how we do church, how we align ourselves with the Bible, what God has for our churches, helps us to understand the culture at large. While we're not going to change and conform to the culture, uh, we still need to be aware of kind of where the culture is and where it is going so that we can know how to reach the culture, right? So we can take the what we learn from the Bible and who God is and be able to go speak to people who need to know Jesus, just like a missionary would go overseas and learn about the culture that they're going to go in. It's not like uh, a missionary would go and try to have church over there like we would here because there's different languages, different cultures, different aspects. And so we are missionaries here in Bolingbrook, amen? And so we need... Uh, as a church placed here by God, and we need to understand the culture, not just of Bolingbroke, but of Chicago at large and Illinois at large, and, and so that we can go and meet people where they are so that we can share the good news of the gospel. So this sermon series that we're doing is going to go a kind of chapter by chapter by what you see in this book. So today we're kind of going to go over chapter one. So you take the book home with you. And throughout the week, I would encourage you to read what, what Tom Rainer is saying uh, through chapter one and as we continue on so that we can be effective, not only for God's church here in Bolingbroke, but we would be effective uh, members of the kingdom of God so that we can reach people for Jesus, that we would utilize the gifts that God has given us so that we could be effective for the kingdom. So this is different from what we have 
typically typically do. Uh, you know, I'm a, a book by book, verse by verse type of pastor, but I do like to stretch myself in doing something more topical, yet biblical and exegetical. And so I think it will be good for us here as a body of believers as we continue forward. Today, we're going to talk about belonging. When you look in, in, at your life and think about um, the, the course of your life and, and thinks about the things that you've participated in, all of us are looking to belong. If you even look back at school, right, we wanted to, you know, belong to different uh, sports or um, organizations as, as we went on. Um, now, as you know, some of you are parents, maybe you associate with other parents, right, to belong with some of them. You can kind of trace some secrets or uh, how are you dealing with this or those teenage years, like we've all needed help in those times, amen, with those of us who are children. Uh, how are you dealing with things of that nature? We want to belong to something or somewhere. When we talk about church, I, I think Sometimes we confuse terminology. We've always used the term membership. But as I talked about a moment ago, when we look at the culture, the culture kind of has a different connotation about what membership looks like. Because you have your, your gym membership. Uh, we're about to end the year and January comes and people are going to start uh, their new gym memberships, right? We know how that works. You start off in January and gung-ho, I'm going to work out three times a week for an hour, and it's going to be great. I'm going to do this much cardio and strength training. It's going to be awesome. And then February hits like, man, it's still dark outside, and man, I've been working all day. I'm still going to go, but, you know, I don't know about this so much. And then March comes, you know, I'm too busy for this. I'm too busy to, to go to the gym and do, I know I said all this stuff, but you know what? I, I, you know, I got other things to do. Like life has changed. Things are, there's some more priorities that I need. And you, so your gym membership starts to wane, right? Or look at your, your other memberships. Maybe, you know, we got our country clubs and things of that nature. You go and, and pay some money to go and participate in certain things. And, you, you know, that's, that's based on how much money you give, how much time you spend or whatever. But when we talk about the church, it's very different. You know, we, we start to treat church like our gym membership. Some people don't like to hear that, but we, we, we start off gung-ho and we want to go and participate and, and we're all excited about what that is and what that does. And then things tend, tend to kind of creep in. We, we change our priorities. Things come up that we matter a little bit more to us than, than other things. And that church membership seems to wane. I want to set the record straight here this morning. That's not how God designed his church to operate and work. This is not just a place that you come to on a Sunday morning so that you can get your feel-good message and then go about the rest of your week. That's not how this works. If you're here for that, that's a rude awakening. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. This is what God's 
has intended for his church and his body. You know, being away this week at the Illinois Baptist State Association, man, it just affirms, even though we have our local church here in Bolingbrook, when I'm going and, and, and meeting people or reconnecting people throughout the state, it just reaffirms how we are all together, that we were all bought by the blood of Jesus. And we all have the same goal and aim, and we're moving in the same direction that God's name would be proclaimed. We all belong together. And this is very important. I think I'm going to start using this term more about belonging instead of membership because people are struggling outside. People are struggling in this world. They're struggling here in Bolingbroke. They're struggling in Chicago. They're looking for places to belong. That's why gang membership is so appealing. Because gangs, they, they come together and they give a sense of belonging. They look after for one another. Now, the stuff that they're doing is not, not good at all by any measure of the imagination. But what people get when they walk down the street and they wear their colors, people know who they belong to. And that determines, do I want to mess with this person or not? Do I want to stay away? I'm not going to touch them because of who they belong to. Let me tell you something this morning. I want you to understand and remember when you leave here today who it is that you belong to. And his name is Jesus. That when people see you walking and talking and, and operating throughout your day, I want people to look at you and say, man, there's something about them. I wonder who they belong to. Why is it? that they're able to act that way? How come they're not worried about the economy? How come they're not worried about the, the company? How come they're not worried about Elon Musk buying Twitter? It's because we are more concerned about God and who he is and who we belong to. That's what I want us to get today. I want us to understand that we are here as a local body of believers and that you belong here. You belong here. Look with me. Your copy of God's word will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, starting in verse 12. Here God's word reads, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So the body does not consist of one member, but many. This is one of those uh, parts of scripture that I just love. And I don't know if you keep an Italian on all the scripture pieces that I love. <laughs> there's many, there's plenty, but this is one that really has always spoken to me. Paul provides this great analogy. And I'm a simple man, so I need things broken down very simply for me. And he talks about this, and he talks about it in a powerful way that once I read it and got it, I'm like, that's it. I understand God's meaning and purpose for his people. He, he, he lays this out, talking about a physical body, is being a single whole body that represents the unity, and it has many members. It has many parts representing diversity. This analogy just goes deep. 
As simple as it is, it helps us to really understand what's going on. It's good for communicating this point. And God is so good, in fact, that, that Paul uses this term 18 times throughout his letter. So he, he's like, hey, this I know how to get this point home. And he uses it over and over again. But when you think about it, isn't this a wonderful picture of the church? When, when you think about us being a body of believers and you think about your own physical body and how it works or sometimes maybe it doesn't work it helps you to see how important membership in the local body is here at First Baptist Bolingbrook all of us are coming together from different backgrounds different experiences economic backgrounds different generations we, we have all sorts of people, even here today, throughout the months and the years that we've gathered here over our 55-year history. There's been tons of different kinds and types of people to walk through our doors. But the, the one thing that unites us, the one thing and the most important thing is the blood of Jesus and sharing in a common baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ. That is the one thing, the only thing, and the most important thing that unites us is the blood of Jesus. That's incredible to me. I wish more people uh, throughout the world would get this. I wish Christians would act like Christians and understand what this means, that we are all united by the blood of Christ. You wouldn't know that by looking at social media, by looking at the news. But this is the truth of the matter. As salvation, believers not only become full members of Christ's body, the church, but the Holy Spirit is also placed in us. Man, this is, this is important. This is, this is great. When we look at our forefathers, when we look at Abraham and David and all those guys, they didn't have the Holy Spirit that infused them. Well, how lucky are we? Wow, that, would, that the Holy Spirit would commune and be with us, live inside us, be shaping and molding us every moment of every day. Man, don't take that lightly. That's, that's incredible to me that we are uh, one with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Just as our physical bodies, each part of the church body is important for a body to be help, help, healthy and to optimally function, right? We know how that works. God skillfully designed and arranged each body part within the body exactly as he wanted. And each part is important. Each part of our bodies, our physical bodies, is important. Each part works together for the sake of the whole. Because you know when, when one part doesn't work, then we start compensating. And then other stuff get out of whack. So when one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Man, man we can just take this analogy and just drill down and drill down and drill down to make it more clear. What happens when Christians operate on their own? Some of us tend to want to do that. Like, I know, I'll speak for myself. I was that guy. It was like, I don't need to be part of a local church. I can read my Bible on my own. I said that. Like, I don't need to go and hear somebody talk at me. I could just go and read my Bible and commune with God, and I'll be okay. 
I was a member of Bedside Baptist for a long time. While, yes, I can get to know the Lord on my, I can read the Bible, but God designed us to be in community. God designed us to be part of the body of believers so that we can strengthen one another, we can encourage one another. And this is not a long ranger Christianity. What happens is uh, we, we look at things in our own perspective, on our own, through, through the lens that we view the world through, and then we start to read into the Bible based on what it is that we think and know. We got people that have come before us years and years who have studied the Bible, study history and study all these things. But without knowing that, we'll just make it up on our own and say, well, I think it means this to me. We see this in a lot of Bible studies. What, what this means to me is this. It don't matter what it means to you. It matters what the authorial intent was. That's what matters, and that's what we need to understand. And once you get who the author is, ultimately God, and working through the, the men who wrote the Bible, once you understand that, then you get the meaning from it. The, 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 the Word of God forms you. You don't form it. But we do that in community. What happens when people disconnect from the church and they don't benefit others? They're like, well, I'm just going to go do my thing. I have a heart for this, and I'm just going to do it alone. You know, if we're in a body of believers together, look at that force multiplier that happens. I like to say many hands make light work. We need people to participate in the body. Look with me in verse 15. It, it says, I love this. It, you can't tell me there's not some humor that we, that we see throughout the scripture. Uh, because in verse 15, it says, If a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body and would not make it any less of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less a part of the body. Who are you to say that because I'm not this or I'm not that, I don't belong to... What if your eye said that. I mean, this is how you can read through this, but I think there is some comedic value to this. It's absurd to say that you don't need your eye or hand and remove it from your body. I'm like, I'm tired of my right hand. It doesn't really always work the way I want it to. I'm just going to get rid of it. Your body would be left incomplete. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that due to various circumstances that people are born with without limbs, that people can be conjoined, or maybe there's an accident where you lose limbs and, and accidents. Those things happen, and, and many of these folks are able to adapt and live perfect, perfectly normal lives. So I don't want to diminish any of those things that happen or diminish their situation. And I don't think Paul intends to do this either, because in fact, Paul himself talks about a thorn in his side. And we don't know what that thorn in his side was, but it was some kind of ailment, some kind of obstruction that he needed to adapt with and to. So he didn't have things working all, all well. He had something that he had to compensate for. So he was speaking from experience when he uses this analogy. He knew what it was like to, like, to know that everything's not working perfectly. 
And so I need to, I know how important it is to have a good, healthy body and, and be able to draw similarities to that in the body of Christ. Verse 17, says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all the were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Here in the text, Paul is showing the, the need for unity and diversity. And this is vitally important in the life of the church. If the body was nothing but an eyeball rolling around, then it couldn't hear, right? If, if the body were just this big old ear, if the whole body was just an ear, how, how would it smell? Well, not that, how, how, how would you sense the smell? <laughs> you get what I'm saying. How, would, the, would the ear be able to smell if it were just an ear? It wouldn't have the ability. If, if body part, the, each body part that we have is interdependent, and Paul is trying to, to get us to understand that each part of the body is important for the body to be healthy and function properly. All the parts, all the members are vitally important. He also implies that some people here in Corinth, they were selfish members and they were unhappy with the gifts that they were given. God gave them a gift, but they're upset because they didn't get the one that they wanted. This type of attitude, by the way, is, is dangerous because what it effectively does is, is it question God's wisdom and it implies that he made a mistake in the gifts that he assigned. Like, well, I'm not able to go up and preach. Uh, I, he just messed up. I should be able to preach just like the preacher does. Or he didn't give me uh, the, the gift to, to go and, and do X, Y, Z. And that's the, that's the one I really want. They, people tend to like folks like that. I want to be like that all the while diminishing what it was that God actually did give and the importance of that. Romans 9 and 20 says, But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to the molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? to make out the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? It, let me break it down. The Von Sanders verse says, who do you think you are to question God in that way? To think that you would be better in, in, in doing something differently. Who do you think you are? And not acknowledge our good and perfect God. Brothers and sisters, the one who created you gave you the spiritual gifts that he wanted you to have for a particular reason. God in his wisdom did not design the physical body as only one body part. Praise God for that, that we're not all eyes just rolling on the ground. Instead, he chose to skillfully design and arrange each body part within a body exactly the way he wanted. There, there was no mistake here. 
if you try to sense that you uh, want to serve the church in a different capacity than what God has intended, this is virtually like an ear insisting that it should be an eye. The eye says, I don't want to look at stuff no more. I just want to hear. It don't work that way. Or your hand to say, I just want to kick. I don't want to grab. It's not designed that way. This is not only useless, but it's a prideful rejection of the king's wise and perfect plan for you. Let's be careful. Verse 21. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And we get this confused in the church. Some, some of the folks in Corinth were complaining that they didn't have the cool, flashy gifts, and those who did were putting down the folks like, ha you, you can't do the stuff that I do. You can't prophesy like me. And the folks that, that, were, that were good at, at encouragement were made to feel small. Those who were, were gifted in generosity we're made to feel other than. Likewise, some of us here in this church place too much emphasis on members and ministries that are visible when there's so much that happens in the church that, are, that just goes unnoticed. But you would notice if it wasn't done. You would notice big time. Because not every member has the same gift the same role or the same level of responsibility, we run into a trap of judging others because they don't serve in the same way that we do. You might have a heart for serving the homeless while somebody else has a heart for serving missions. Both are good and necessary, but we can't diminish that person because they're, they're all over there doing their mission stuff and I'm over here trying to feed the homeless. We can't get that twisted. Every member matters. Every member is important. Verse 23. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow a greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which are more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. For if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. God designed visible public gifts to have a crucial place, but he also equally designed less prominent gifts to uh, be vital as well. And if you think about your own bodies, there are things that are less visible. I won't take it too far, but have some honor. They have a purpose for us in procreation and otherwise that are vitally important to us as human beings, while those things that are visible are no less important. 
that we need to have those things and be able to have the use of them so that we can do the things that God has called us. Think of it this way. A little toe may seem insignificant until you hit it on the corner of a table. You know, we don't think about that little toe until we, we stub it somewhere and we feel that pain shoot up to our gut, right? Then that, that matters in the same way as members of the body suffers, all the members suffer with it. Our sister Shirley Armstrong went home to be with the Lord a few weeks ago. And, you know, as we, we thought about her and the Armstrong family, I love how we always come together in times of need like that to serve that we come together and that we, we, we get it, like what it means to mourn when somebody is mourning. And I just love our heart for our members in that way. What we don't do as good a job, you know, sometimes is going and rejoicing with those who rejoice. Or if they're suffering in, in another way that, that we are not always aware or there for them. There's always room for improvement. We simply can't be satisfied with being concerned with our own needs. And that's what happens. That's what sneaks in. We, we, we're so mired down in what's going on in our own lives that we don't get to see and acknowledge what's going on in somebody else's. Over the years, I've had people come and tell me that they haven't felt at home at this church because nobody has reached out to them. Oh, I was gone for several weeks and nobody said anything. And in love, my, my, my question to them is always, well, who have you reached out to? Who, who have you checked in on? When you notice that other people haven't been around, you haven't heard from somebody else, how, how often is it that you're reaching out to them? Some of y'all don't realize that even when you are here, you're walking around the church with, with your RBF all the time, with your, your resting Baptist face. <laughs> walking around here mean mugging, secluding yourself off from, from other people, all the while talking about, well, nobody is going to come and talk to me. Nobody is, is coming and checking in on me. I'm over here hurting and nobody is coming to check on me. But all the while, you're secluding yourself in a corner with your arm giving them the Heisman at the same time. When you notice that someone hasn't been to church for a while, instead of asking me what's going on and what's happening with them, why don't you pick up the phone and give them a call? Why don't you reach out with, with a text? Why, why don't you go and, and ring their doorbell? Let them know that you're thinking about them. Let, let them know that you miss them. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is what Christ did for us. He was thinking about us the, the whole entire time. 
everything that he did for everything that he did he did for you and me brothers and sisters not only that but it feels good to do good and, and i speak from experience i'm the introvert's introvert like i, I i'm not uh, uh by my own right a people person this is this is what what you see is what god is doing <laughs> because in my flesh i would be the one in the corner secluding myself but 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 through what god is doing and, and i know what it what it feels like um, I have to constantly be intentional about reaching out to others. And early on, what I noticed is, like I said, I would seclude myself and I would feel lonely and unsupported. I, I know what this feels like. because so I did it to myself time and time again. So I had to literally pray that the Lord would help me to think more about other people. I had to get on my knees and say, Lord, help me to have a heart for your people. Help me, Lord, to have a heart for your community so that they might be able to know you. Because I don't want anybody to feel like I'm feeling right now. That's what it came down to. I don't want anybody to feel lonely and that nobody loves them. And over time, not, not only uh, by, by reaching out to people was I able to build relationships by serving others, but the, the other thing is I, I, I no longer felt lonely. I no longer felt like I was on an island because I was thinking about others more than I was thinking about myself. The enemy could no longer convince me that people didn't love me or care for me. That's what the enemy does. He wants to help you to know, go ahead and, and put yourself over here and look at all the people and what they're not doing. That's what the enemy does. God says, get out of your own stuff and go meet people. Go do for them. Go serve them. And you're so busy serving that you forget about all this other stuff. And he blesses that. And it didn't happen overnight. It took lots of effort. And in fact, I'll be honest with you, it's not often reciprocated. But I have to be conscious about this is, this is what God wants me to do. These people over here, this person needs somebody. And to the best of my ability, I'm going to be that person for them. Matthew uh, 22 and 39 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's easy for us to love ourselves or think about our own selves. But what's harder is for us to, to love our neighbor or Romans 12 and 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Man, I'm sure you've had moments in your life where somebody was there for you and they just sat with you. Maybe they didn't have anything good to say or helpful to say, but they were there. Or when you were celebrating the, the birth of your your grandchild or your child or somebody graduated, got a new job, and they were there, yes, and to be able to celebrate and rejoice with you and be, be happy for you. What would it look like for you to be that person in somebody else's life? Here's what I want you to take away from this. We all need each other. Let's get that right. We all need each other. I, I don't care what you think you're, what you're good at or what you're not good at, you are important. God has given you something that only you can 
that you can provide to somebody else. God has placed people around you for a reason. And we need to utilize that. We all need each other. And even though we're, we're each different and unique, we are to care for each other. We are to serve one another. And any Christian that operates independently from others, what they're doing is effectively reducing uh, their, their own uh, uh, flourishing within the Lord. And they're of no help to the body as a whole. Verse 27, to bring us home. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helping and ministering in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. God in his sovereignty has, has appointed individuals in the church with different gifts. And in fact, it will be sinful for anybody in the church to think they are more valuable than others. I think we would all agree that um, we would all agree about that, but it would also be a sin to think of yourself as less than as well. As Christ followers, we shouldn't be envious or proud about the gifts that we do or not or do not receive. But remember that a body wants every body part to flourish for the sake of the whole. Paul explains that God has given us various gifts to the members of the body and all Christians receive some gifts and no Christian receives all the gifts. So everything you, you, you see Paul uh, uh, lining out here, he's asking each of these questions. Each of these questions are rhetorical. Not, not all are going to be apostles, no. Not all are going to be prophets, no. Not all are going to be teachers, work miracles, gifts of healing and tongues, all that. No, not all of us are going to do all of these things. The broad thing that we see throughout chapter 12 is, is pinpointing on unity and diversity, and that greatly reflects the nature of God. When we come together as a local body, as a local church, that reflects who God is and his love for us. In our context today, we tend to think about ethnic diversity, but God has given us also a diversity of gifts, and those two should be celebrated. Just like our ethnic diversity, our economic diversity, our generational diversity, and so on and so forth. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This is no law ranger Christianity. We're, we're all to meant to be together. We're all meant to be a functioning part of the body of Christ. In addition, the biblical message is for us to celebrate these gifts without any sense of envy, rivalry, superiority, inferiority, because all of the, the, the love that we receive is from a triune God. It was all gifts given from a loving and caring God. 
The power to live according to God's design comes when we, the body of Christ, are united to Christ, who is the head and shares his life with us. To put a fine bow about around this message that Paul here is preaching to us is to say that if we're part of the body of Christ, we all belong. The we belong. Belonging to a local church is vital to your growth, not only individually, but also corporately. Corporately in a local body is essential to the local body. So here's what I want you to leave with. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. If you've been attending worship with us, I want you to consider um, this message here today and to consider officially joining this local body, being part of what it is that we're doing so that we can join God in his mission, so that we can grow, thrive, and serve together. Why? Because you belong here. You belong. If you're already a member of First Baptist Bolingbrook, I'm asking you to put your God-given gifts to work for the kingdom. If, if you're a member here with us, your assignment is not to come and take up your regular place in the pew. Your assignment is to use what God has given you for his glory. And so people might know the name of Jesus. Your gifts and your talents for this local body are to be put to use so that we can reach people for Jesus, so that people who are searching for something, people are going and joining gangs right now People are going and joining other folks and they get into to drugs and, and dance parties and, and all these things you can get, you think of, going and have uh, playing video games together. They're looking for somewhere to belong. And we know this, I hope we know this, that they're, they're not going to find what they're looking for in that stuff. They're not going to find the hope that they hope to find. They're not going to find that, that God, be able to fill that God-sized hole that they have in their lives. They need Jesus. They need to know what Jesus has done for them. Living a life that they couldn't live. And sacrificing themselves on the cross. Paying the penalty and the price that was meant for you and me. who was uh, uh, stricken and, and, and mistreated, whipped and, and maimed and hung on a cross, who gave up his life for us, who was dead and buried but conquered the grave and now sits at the right hand of the Father praying for you, praying for me, praying for, for those who are searching out there for something. They need you to go tell them that the something that they're looking for is Jesus. This is my challenge for you here today, that you would belong to a local body of believers and that you would use your gifts for God's glory. If you're with us online, if you're with us on Facebook and YouTube, I love that you're joining us online. I love that you're joining us virtually. 
but my heart is for you. If you're in Bolingbrook, I, 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 I want to see you here in person. This belonging that takes place, uh, you can only get a certain aspect from it online. Uh, that this belonging that happens and, and, and how, how you can flourish will take place in physical community. So I would urge you to join us here on Sundays and our Bible studies and, and all those things that you would get to know us personally. Do whatever you can so that that, that can happen. But if you're not in Bolingbrook, I urge you, and I will help you with this, so that you would be able to find a local body that you would belong to. You can still watch us online, but to be in a local body of believers is vitally important, not just for you, but also for that local body. And I will urge you to do that as well. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for drawing this out for us. Like I said, I'm a simple man. I need to have things put very plainly. Thank you for uh, just laying out what our responsibility is, not only as individuals, but corporately as a body of believers, how we can love and support one another, but also how we can live out the truths of the Bible in our lives so that not only we can be transformed, but we can transform the lives of those that we might come into contact with, that we would be able to share the hope of the good news to those who you've placed around us that need to know the name of Jesus. Uh, don't let us leave here without a commitment to you in your local church. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.